What's up, everyone? Welcome to the very first cutscene podcast. We don't have a title for this podcast yet, but if we did, it would probably show up right about now. Happy Memorial Day, everyone in America. Um, it's probably the biggest holiday we have as we're all out celebrating it now, you can tell. But I did put on some uh, red, white, and blue to celebrate the holiday. Um, I, have, I have red on my shirt and blue headphones. So I got the blue headphones and a white shirt and red underwear. So oh, cool. It. Wow. <laughs> really nailed it. Um, wow, shit. So since this is our first podcast, we thought what better way to start than with E3 coming up and we will discuss some predictions we have, suggest some rumors that are, uh, talk about some rumors that are out there and uh, talk about whatever else we want to in the world of video games as it pertains to E3. Um, with me today, we have Kyle in up, Pennsylvania. Guys? How you doing? And we also have Casey all the way out in California in L.A. What's up, guys? This is, this is Casey, repping L.A. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're across the country right now. Um, I'm in New York. Forgot to mention that. So with that being said, let's get underway, and let's we're just going to go through chronological order here um, and talk about E3 and the press conferences um, in the order that they'll be happening. So first up, on Saturday, June 9th, we have Electronic Arts, which um, has come under some fire lately for a lot of their loot box practices, um, which I know Kyle knows very well from Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, what do you think, huh? Uh, yeah, well, it's it's one of those one of those things that it's a game that could be like 10 out of 10 perfect, amazing. Like, I, I, I'm a huge Star Wars guy. I play shooters and I'm just like kind of you know it's it's kind of upsetting how you know something like that can uh, kind of ruin your enjoyment of the game in some way um, I mean it looks amazing it plays amazing so I just hope that you know with uh, I, I don't know I don't think it'll happen but hopefully EA might back off on some of these kind of practices and maybe we can uh, I don't know like we want to see these games be uh, as good as they can be and 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 you know not, you know for the user experience and not really for their pockets so much so yeah, the funny thing about that is that they've actually come out and explicitly said while loot boxes are getting like banned in other countries as a form of gambling, EA came out and said, we're not going to stop doing them, which I mean, honestly makes sense from their business perspective. They want to make money. And yeah. if you look at their sports franchises like Madden and FIFA, they thrive off of like their ultimate team modes and people buying packs. Um so it'll be interesting to see what they uh, come out and say. What do you think, Casey? Yeah, I think there's a right and a wrong way to do loot boxes. Uh, obviously, they're extremely profitable for companies, especially like looking at like Fortnite recently, raking in like hundreds of millions of dollars just on their cosmetic loot boxes. So I think it's I think most people can agree it's more fair when you know the loot boxes are just for cosmetic items and not really game changing. Um, items, so we'll see if EA learned from that or not, and and I think they will take something away from it. That's my optimistic view. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's very optimistic. I, I'm not as optimistic <laughs> based on their customer service history and their history of being rated one of the worst companies in America. But yeah, it's Memorial Shout out Day. Comcast. Yeah, shout out Comcast. Um, so with that being said, besides their typical like Madden 19, like FIFA 19. Um, 
Do you think we'll uh, hear any surprises? Um, what games do you think they'll talk about? I'm hoping to see some, personally, um, some more gameplay footage from Anthem, which is kind of like a Destiny clone, but then that comes back to the loot box thing. How will they make this game work? Yeah, I, I, I just remember seeing that trailer last year that looked like incredible, so I, I'm excited as well to see more of that. Yeah, I think that's definitely their their big anchor. Uh, hopefully we'll see some gameplay and some more information on that. I don't, I yeah. don't know what more there is to talk about EA. I think uh, we, their anchors are their sports franchises and um, other things. It's always hard to talk about new franchises or new uh, games that you don't know about. Um, so we'll kind of move on and we'll go to Microsoft, which um, we can kind of talk about hardware. We can talk about games. Um, and when we talk about games with Microsoft, obviously the big hang up here is exclusive titles. Um, they've kind of been getting crushed by PlayStation in terms of um, exclusive titles. Um, I'm expecting something from like Gears of War 5, probably something from Halo 6, um, probably a Forza Horizon 4, but when you look at all those franchises, those are kind of their mainstays. Those are the ones they always fall back on. Um, what would you guys like to see? You guys don't have Xboxes right now, Xbox Ones. What would you like to see from them in order to get you to buy one? Well, <clears throat> I think for me, uh, yeah, I'm not really an Xbox guy. And mostly that's just because there's not as many exclusive games for the system. But um, yeah, if there's any party that's going to bust out some big secrets or big surprises this year, I think it will be Microsoft because they kind of need that at this point to, you know, have a, you know, be a part of the game here. So, um, as far as games go, definitely probably some mentions of Halo, uh, Gears of War. Uh, there's rumors of maybe Fable getting a reboot, which, which might be kind of cool. And, uh, as far as hardware, I think one space they could get into, which would be a really cool surprise, especially because the Xbox One X has the power for it, would be a, a VR headset. So um, I don't know, it's tough to say because they also cater towards the PC market with their games and um, the PC market already has some VR headsets. So who knows if Xbox will get their own, but I think that could be an exciting um uh, thing to come out if they were to do it that way yeah what's interesting is i don't know if you remember a few years ago this isn't necessarily vr but they came out with that hololens thing that they showed a lot about which kind of turned your like entire like living room or gaming room into this like interactive experience with like the lighting would be on the walls and stuff so I, that project seemed like it kind of fell off i don't know where they ended up with that but microsoft as we know has been kind of on the forefront of technologies like that. You look at the Kinect and how much they wanted to use the Kinect, um, but then there could also be the possibility of them learning their lesson and realizing that maybe people don't want these, maybe they just want a gaming system with good gaming hardware and good games, which honestly, it seems like it's kind of leaning that way. Kyle, what do you think? I think uh, on that note that I, the balance between just wanting good games, good hardware and something new, it's it's tough. I mean. I've tried different VR headsets and it's like I, I never I never was kind of blown away enough. I really did enjoy it and I thought it was cool, but it's like it would never was there enough that be, that would be like a normal gaming experience other than a novelty for me. I mean, I kind of I kind of just like the old school controller just like playing a game, but you know, maybe people have different um you know, preferences, but we'll see where it goes, you yeah. know. I'm, I maybe maybe um 
you know, games having like not fully VR, but just like elements of that being introduced into into kind of the standard traditional kind of gameplay, which which is already there. But you know, I'm sure it'll it'll add elements that'll be like futuristic coming up here. I would say definitely. Yeah, go ahead, Casey. It's uh, it's interesting, like how VRs has become really popular, but it really hasn't taken off into the you know into the forefront of gaming yet, and Honest, like I have the PSVR and I, I love it and it's amazing. But uh, you know, it's, it definitely has less usage time than just traditional gaming, just because it's like a, a hassle to kind of put the whole headset on and you get all sweaty in it. And <laughs> yeah. so, I think uh, that's just you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You're just, a, just a sweaty guy. That's really yeah, it's pretty hot yeah. out here in LA. It's like 90 degrees. It's true. So. It's true. Valley life. Yeah. Yeah. With um, that, though, you talk about like it's a hard experience to kind of cobble together like when you want to play it. Um, it does need to become a little more accessible with like less cords and everything. I think that's really the future is once you kind of get like cordless VR, it will really take off. I think more casual people, you look back at the Nintendo Wii, Nintendo made it accessible by just making it super, super easy. It's just like one remote. You, you turn the system on and that was your motion controls. Um, so, yeah. so that'll be interesting to see. But if we get back to like the game component and kind of what Xbox is trying to do outside of our like hypothetical, like maybe VR, we can kind of think about what they actually are doing with like games as services in a way. And they're doing a lot with if a game exclusive Microsoft game comes out on Xbox, you also get it on Windows 10. Um, they're doing Xbox Game Pass where it's almost like a Netflix of video games where you pay $9.99 a month and you get a catalog of video games that you can actually download and install on your system. And with that, whenever a first party Microsoft exclusive game comes out, it's coming to Game Pass the very first day it's out. And I think that will really pick up steam for them once you get to some of these games that we talk about with their really, really big games like Halo and Gears of War. And um, if they do something like Fable, I know there's been a lot of rumors like that, um, where Playground Games, who's actually responsible for the Forza Horizon series, um, they've been rumored to be making this new Fable, which would be kind of cool to see. It's cool to see them using their studios um, for things other than the game they are originally known for. And you look at PlayStation, and that really, really worked well for them. You look at uh, Guerrilla Games doing um, originally the Killzone games, and then they allowed them to do uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and we saw how amazing that came out. So I think giving these studios free reign to kind of do what they want is a really, really good move by Xbox and Microsoft. Yeah, uh, I had a yeah. Oh, when you were talking about the the subscription service, um, I'm, I, I would kind of equate it to like um, my music experience. You know, when I was I was a big iTunes guy, and I I liked collecting music and downloading and having it all like physically. And uh, I, I was like a late adopter to Spotify because of it felt like you were just kind of renting it. Um, but now what I'm saying now, now I can't live without my, you know, my <laughs> Spotify account. So maybe that will be a, a situation someday that it's more like of a streaming games that it, it'll be something that I'm really into. I, I can't really tell yet, but you know. Yeah, totally. And kind of related to that, interestingly, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Nintendo Switch um, in Japan, they released Resident Evil 7 on the switch um but it's a streaming game only so interesting you download like a, a really small like it's like a few megabyte file just to be able to start the game basically and then it connects to a, a streaming service and just streams the game to you yeah. which is uh kind of interesting which and 
also interesting that they didn't launch it here in the U.S. And maybe that's because we don't have as good internet here right. as they do over there, Japan. Yeah, but, I mean, we'll um, see. I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I have to imagine they're going to expand upon it. And you look at PS Now, which is kind of doing that, and it isn't really the greatest experience. I can't imagine they have too many subscribers of that. I'd love to be able to play some PS3 games I missed since I didn't have a PS3, but. Um, that experience right now is kind of lackluster. You look at input lag, you look at buffering, you look at a lot of things. It's not nearly as good of quality on your screen. So um, yeah. there's definitely potential for, for these other systems, but I think the way Xbox is doing it where you literally just get like a license to the game and you download it and you install it um, until your Game Pass subscription goes away. I think that's the smartest way to do it right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Um so hopefully Microsoft announces some new um, IPs that kind of shock us and make us want to play that system more. But for now, it's kind of a wait and see game. Um, and you talk about a company with a lot of games and a, a lot of IPs. We're going to talk about Bethesda now, who seemingly releases a new game every few months. I don't know how they have so many teams to work on so many games. Um, we've already got an announcement, a game a couple weeks ago, uh, Rage 2. Um, and then you look at some other things that they're doing um, around that space with first-person shooters. Um, what do you guys think about Bethesda? Maybe a new Fallout, or is it too soon for one? I don't know. Uh, personally, uh, for me, I, I really hope they announce a new Doom sequel, a follow-up to 2016's uh, kind of Doom reboot. Um yeah, I love that game, and I think the engine that it ran on was like amazing. It, it just looked amazing, and it ran at 60 frames per second. So I think they could really iterate on that again. Um, I've personally never been a big Fallout guy. I tried Fallout 4, which was my first Fallout, <laughs> which um, I know a lot of people are diehard die Fallout fans, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't really click for me, so I'm sure that would create some massive hype if, if some sort of new Fallout or... Um, Elder Scrolls game was announced, uh, which I also haven't played. But um, <laughs> but you yeah, know, those, those you've would... <laughs> heard good things about these games. Yeah, I've heard they're kind of popular. Yeah. So we'll Skyrim, Skyrim for every platform. It doesn't matter. Skyrim for your Nintendo Engage. Uh, sorry, your uh, Nokia Nokia Engage, <laughs> not by Nintendo. Yeah. that'd be up there with the Virtual Boy if that was made by Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Casey. I. I I haven't really gotten into, into Fallout uh, pretty much whatsoever, but uh, I did get to try Doom. I haven't completed it, but I thought Doom was really awesome. I thought it was a, a great twist on, well, you know, it was the one of the shooters that started the genre, so it's kind of cool to play that in uh, the current consoles and PC, but uh, yeah, I would like to see more in that vein from them. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how many games of theirs are basically nearly all first-person games. You look at um, Doom, you look at the Wolfenstein games, you look at Fallout, you look at Prey. Um, it's really a space they're comfortable in. So maybe I'd like to see them expand outside of that and do some um, things that we haven't really seen from them. But I do love that they're still focusing on like linear stories. We, we've talked about this before, Kyle, where open world games seem to be just like so much right now. And that's what, kind of why I love like playing Wolfenstein. I was like, here's the story. Like, just go and play this game. And there are, like, some collectibles that you can go back and play, but it's still limited to, like, individual levels and maps that um, you go through and you can just play, like, one at a time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, like, it's refreshing to go back to that old way. And then 
you know, I, I find like, you know, as an adult with a full-time job and it's just tough to, it's nice to be able to sit down, okay, I'm completing this today in, the, in a game and you're not, you don't feel like you're aimlessly wandering, wandering around. It really does actually, it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's what attracts me to like those kind of games is like Doom and Wolfenstein because they're just so linear and it's, it's honestly like refreshing in a, a world with so many open world games. Yeah, it's kind of cool to it is cool to see like the experience set out for you by a developer like you know sometimes it's almost like you're making too much of your experience with an open world game that it's like it's just I like mm-hmm. I like seeing the way that they want you to experience it you know yeah open world yeah. seems to have almost become like what it feels like battle royale games are going to become like everyone's trying to like get a game in this space and like everyone for a long time was advertising their game as like it's an open world game you can do anything <laughs> and then people are like give me less i want less like too much too much like it's already been done Real to, like, overload. it's basically been done to like perfection by games like red dead redemption and grand theft auto and grand theft auto, yeah, it's hard to beat that so so the new Windows, uh, the new version of Windows is going to ship with Solitaire Open World wow. Edition. Wow, yeah. that's yeah, crazy. Let, 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 shut, shut the machines down. We're done. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. With RPG <laughs> leveling and collectibles, face scan. I heard. Yeah, so I'm super excited about that. <laughs> they put your faces on the cards, like. <laughs> oh, that'd be lit. Uh, yeah. Um, Another game studio that has a conference on Monday, June 11th is, and this one's probably going to be a big one, I think, uh, Square Enix. They have a lot of games to talk about, and the one that we've been waiting forever, and it's just like, please show us gameplay, please let us play it, which I think they finally come out and said that you'll be able to play this game at the C3, is Kingdom Hearts 3, which we've been waiting for forever. <laughs> Kyle and I have had this pre game pre-ordered, I think, since 2014 on Amazon. It's pretty incredible. Um, They've come out with some gameplay recently of um, a Toy Story level, which kind of looks incredible. Um, the graphics yeah. look insane. I think I pre-ordered it when my voice was cracking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a couple years ago. That's probably when I pre-ordered like the ago. first two, honestly. So when I played those. Um, <laughs> I, w- I wish it was like Harry Potter and like Sora aged with me. Like he's a grizzled 30 year old now hanging out with <laughs> Buzz Lightyear and Woody. But That's what you consider yourself a grizzled 30 year old? Yeah, not as grizzled, <laughs> but <laughs> seen some Looking stuff. Looking really grizzled. Seen some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I looked at some uh, screenshots of like the comparisons between like the actual Toy Story movies and then the Toy Story, you know, part of that game. And honestly, like the game looks. Uh, probably better than the movies uh, at least compared to number one right um that's that's pretty amazing that we're we're getting to that point and it's just like even like trailers and stuff you're just like is that is that real or is that cg like you can't (laughs) it's just like pretty nuts but uh yeah i i was a big kingdom hearts fan growing up and uh i've been waiting a while for this one so definitely gonna jump right into that when that's available when my amazon pre-order gets filled i'll be in when it says shipped it'll be the best day ever oh man yeah definitely (laughs) yeah that's exciting stuff yeah some other games too and hopefully i would love to see gameplay from this too their final fantasy 7 remaster that they announced um today like a screenshot leaked like in the background on someone's computer on like their job 
like on their like careers webpage. <laughs> so I was like, people really look yeah. for any little bit of information. It's like they'll show us stuff eventually. Like, well, you know, this game's <laughs> getting made. I I know it's happened before where games are announced and they're kind of canceled. But I think uh, it would be such negative publicity for them to announce a Final Fantasy VII remaster and not actually fulfill that. So. I think you can be pretty confident in this one coming out and yeah. getting made. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to see at least a little bit of something at this E3 because it was uh, two E3s ago, I, I believe, yeah, I that, two, yeah. that they revealed it and then no word last year. And um, it hasn't been getting the best of buzz just because uh, ever since it was revealed that it would might be like an episodic game um, and there have been some changes in the development uh, team leads i guess uh so i think they really need some positive buzz back in the c3 to to get that game hyped up again yeah you look at that's a thing that square seems to be doing a lot or trying out is this episodic thing you look at the hitman game the new one um which did a season one which had uh like five or six episodes that you play and they just announced a season two which again is going to be episodic so it's interesting to see them trying out a new angle of approaching games especially when they've had such successful um kind of just normal games you look at the tomb raider games um like how successful they were and just they weren't episodic and there were rumors for a while that the shadow of the tomb raider would also be episodic i think those rumors have kind of died down now that they announced the game i assume we'll see some gameplay of that at this e3 as well um but it is interesting to see them trying out this new strategy angry Lara Croft. We're, we're ready for you. Yeah, apparently, yeah, she's going to be really pissed off, so we'll see. I feel like she's mad in all the other ones, though. A lot of yelling. I know? think yeah, I think she's going to be to another level of anger in this one, honestly. Yeah. You ever find it interesting in these games? I look at Tomb Raider as a prime example of this. Like, how many people she just, like, kills, like, willy-nilly? Like, you, <laughs> like... like That's I, always been my issue with the uncharted games like he's such like a this comical jovial yeah. guy then he's just straight up murders like hundreds <laughs> of people i was literally so. just oh, like yeah. that was close <laughs> yeah <laughs> to you just, i like just committed mass murder but i'm gonna make yeah, a yeah. joke that a frat boy would enjoy <laughs> you know yeah. yeah i would love to see uncharted 5 where he like deals like he has like ptsd and deals with like this would be a interesting to see a game that kind of takes that angle because it does happen in a lot of games the best one i could think yeah. of we're going to talk about this conference next uh ubisoft with watchdogs 2 i'm like a hacker playing the, like you're a hacker in the game and you're just like killing people for i was like this doesn't fit with the narrative of like the character it's like they're trying to make a gta <laughs> thing even in gta it doesn't necessarily make that much sense like really well, well unless you're trevor yeah unless you're tre yeah trevor <laughs> yeah but <laughs> some of these characters um yeah so tomb raider we'll see what what shadow is all about yeah franklin um, to me doesn't seem like a guy that would be the be a huge killer honestly he's, yeah, he's the car yeah. guy you know i don't know we'll see i expect square to come out with a bunch of other things um maybe even more final fantasy 15 dlc they've been churning that out that's kind of in a way episodic um they did some like four individual episodes after the fact um, it seems like they want to keep that game going for a while. It seems like I think the reason they want to try this episodic strategy is it seems like a lot of development time goes into all these games they put out like years and years. You, you talk about them taking like popular franchises like Final Fantasy, Tomb Raider, Hitman, 
um, and kind of they want to spread them out and make them last as long as possible. So I guess it kind of makes sense with seven. We'll see if it works. I think people will buy it anyway. I imagine it'll look good. Um, they put out really good games. That's the. Uh, I mean, that's just like not even uh, limited to games. Just that that attention span of people. Um, now you know it used to be like an artist in music would put out an album and it's like you know you would be listening to that for the rest of the year minimum like you would know every song and you really like sat with it so I think then the same way was with games but we're, we're in a different era that we have to kind of stretch it out and you know so we'll see if that strategy becomes more commonplace yeah and we will see what they else they have to announce I imagine they could definitely come out with a new IP that we haven't seen and um I don't know. We'll see what yeah. they have to say. They, they always come out with some good stuff, so I'm excited to hear from them. Um, and getting back to the Watch Dogs 2 thing, we we're talking about Ubisoft, um, who kind of pioneered the what we were talking about, open-world games, um, collectibles everywhere. How many icons can, I, can we fit on this map? <laughs> I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origins right now, and like it's an achievement for finish every location and then you look at this map there's like there's a million locations um and that's basically all their games far cry 5 is very much like that egypt is big man yeah egypt is big and then even with the dlc for assassin's creed origin they expanded outside of egypt we're like we need more than just one country we need we need (laughs) some extra space uh yeah so we'll see um what games they have to announce um, they came out with some good surprises last year. I think one of the games that surprised us the most last year that actually ended up being really good was the Mario and Rabbids game um, for Nintendo Switch because oh, yeah. that kind of came out of left field where they par- uh, kind of partnered together. It's almost like a Sonic and Mario type mo- partnership. Um, but they put out an exclusive Nintendo Switch game. Would you love to see something else like that, guys? Yeah, uh, I got that game. I, I've only put a few hours into it, uh, but it's really it's a really interesting game uh, as far as like sort of like a strategy sort of game um i'm not sure what that genre is called exactly where all the characters operate on a grid and you sort of plan out your moves but uh yeah it's really fun and i think it worked and um totally unexpected so i would love to see another sort of iteration on that unexpected uh announcement like that yeah I, I, w- I always think it's cool you know how protective nintendo is with their characters and their licenses and stuff it's cool and they uh when they can kind of do something a little different with them. So yeah, I would love to see more of that. What's interesting is we talk about their affinity for open world games and that game went completely against that entire thing. <laughs> so oh, true. Uh, it, it is really interesting to see that they can develop other things that you don't expect them to develop. Um, I assume we'll see another new Assassin's Creed, um, hopefully in the same vein as Origins, because that was kind of they like figured it out i think they took a little bit of a pause and they went back and like relooked at the franchise of what to do and it came out really really well something uh, about ancient egypt is just so fascinating i think yeah, yeah definitely i i think it's kind of cool uh, origin stories are always good people love the well not always you look at wolverine yeah, origins, I was that, say. that was not great <laughs> but <laughs> can't get them all there's a lot of potential there i'll say for to Deadpool do origins. sweet in that though Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Best version of Deadpool probably ever. <laughs> Let's tape the mouth shut of the mouth with uh, the Merc with the mouth. So S- smart writing, smart writing. Great stuff. Um, Far Cry Four. I assume they'll continue to support 
Um, Far Cry 5. 5. 4, maybe. You never know. They could go back. <laughs> They're going... Far well, Cry 1 they DLC. Did, uh, they did go back. Uh, Far Cry 3 is actually coming out as DLC um, if you bought the season pass for Far Cry 5. And I think it's like this oh, month or right. next month. So Yeah. Yeah, so it's do you cool. think do you think we'll see um, some more about a Just Cause game, Just Cause Four? I don't know. I think I I, I actually really enjoyed Just Cause Three. Um, I don't know if you guys played it at all. It's if not, you should as a PS Plus game. The one month. Um, the issue yeah, with it was is definitely like there's so much. It's very open world. A lot of open world destruction. So it can definitely hit some FPS snags while you're playing it when you're blowing up a lot of stuff. And I think that definitely hindered a lot of people from playing it but it's definitely an enjoyable experience i actually went through and platinumed it um there's a lot of fun things a lot of it's a lot of fun flying with the wingsuit from location to location i know that's a it's definitely been a ip that they've leaned on in the past so um we could see a just cause for i don't think there needs to be i really really don't i think again we talk about Let's get away from the sequels a little bit. Let's see some new new games. Let's see some things um, that w- we can't talk about here because we don't know what they're going to be. Um, we know they're good studios. We know they can make good games. Let's see them put those efforts into something new. Yeah, taking some risks. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see what they have to say. Um, and we talk about taking some risk and letting studios do what they want to do and make the games they want to make. We come to Sony, who's uh, kind of closing out Monday, June 11th. Um, last year, they definitely they did a an interesting. They didn't really do a press conference. They did just like a theater showing, which was just like here's trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer. Um, do you think we'll see the same thing this year, guys? Uh, I think we'll definitely see a lot, a lot of trailers like that again. Um, I actually went to a PlayStation Experience back in December 2016, and the way they did that was kind of cool. Where uh, they had some trailers that came out, but they also just did like some sort of like um, group discussions on stage with like the creators of some games, and uh, I thought that format was really cool. Um, Sony also came out a couple weeks ago saying that their E3 conference this year is going to focus basically on on four games uh, being um, I think it was Last of Us Part 2 Spider-Man, Death Stranding and uh, was it uh, Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Uh, again, so, uh, four big exclusive games for the system. Yeah. They seem to kill that. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, so I think we'll see a lot of a lot of those, a lot more information about those. Um, I don't think they're going to have as many big surprises this year as they have in the past, just because, um, like, you know, they have so many studios working on exclusive games, and these are basically the next four that are coming out. Maybe we'll see something from uh, Guerrilla Games about what their next IP will will be, or um, it might be a, a Horizon sequel. Um, but we'll see. That's still pretty early stages there. Yeah, I would have to imagine they kind of lean into a Horizon sequel at this point. I know yeah. that they wanted to do a different game last time, but with how successful that game was and how like cool that world was, I think it'd be a shame not to explore it a little bit more. I don't like. I don't think we'll hear something this E three though about that. Yeah, yeah, I think it seems a little soon for that too. Um, and with Sony, you kind of talk about 
the hardware landscape. I know everyone's kind of always talking about, like, when's the PS5 going to be announced? Obviously, don't see that coming this year. Um, they did the PS4 Pro, which was fairly well received. It's decent. Um, the Xbox One XO has done surprisingly well for Xbox, I think, when you look at what they're able to do with it and kind of how they're able to leverage that hardware with doing things outside of just, like, here's a game, a new game in, like, 4K. They're able to kind of take some of their old games and make them look better. I would love if Sony somehow figured out a way into backward compatibility. I don't think they have, obviously. I don't think they necessarily need to with their lead in the race right now, but we go back and we talk about that PS Now service and, like, how not great it is, I guess, to put it simply. Um, They kind of shot themselves in the foot when they did the PS3 with making it so hard to develop for with that cell processor that they used. Uh, and it, it really took a lot of people a long time to figure it out. The PS3 in the last generation, you look at The Last of Us, came out so far in the life cycle that system in 2013, I believe. Um, and it was like, finally, someone like made like a great-looking game. Um, so I think we'll see if they want to go back and do that. But right now, I think they're just comfortable with like putting out remasters of games. Yeah, yeah, and, and and the remaster thing too. You know, they're gonna maybe the monetary advantage of that is pretty high too, because you know you're gonna have somebody buying like I just did Dark Souls remastered. You know, <laughs> like you know, so, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I, I've also also uh, read something recently that not for a li- like probably around three years until the PS5, but I don't know. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I saw that headline as well. Uh, the PS3 or the Xbox 360 lasted essentially like a decade. It was like it was the longest life cycle yeah. of all time, right? Like the, so far. And I think you talk. Well, people love to kind of, and they're used to it. I mean, it's something that we've always kind of experienced in video game systems. Is that it's always been here's one system, like here's the Nintendo, then here's the Super Nintendo, then here's like the Nintendo 64. Like it's always kind of been these like exact iterations. Uh, exact versions whereas you look at the Xbox where them wanting to make games as like services I think we, we are definitely going to see like a like phone model where you see like the Apple iPhone it's just the Apple iPhone and you get like a faster version eventually and apps get depreciated but it's not necessarily like here's a hard stop here games won't work on this new system um, which I think is definitely consumer friendly. And I think we've kind of reached a point in terms of hardware where it's like, you really can't make it like that insanely better each time. Um, especially with how like expensive components are right now for like graphics cards and RAM and everything. So I, I kind of love this games as a service thing. And eventually there's going to need to be games that come out that won't work on the original PS4, or the original Xbox one you'll need like the ps4 super pro or something but um i i think it's a smart way of doing it i hope it continues in that direction it almost makes them more like pcs and that exactly yeah makes them more like computers yeah yeah well yeah that seems that seems uh much more in line with just how tech technology is going in general so yeah except the conference we're going to talk about next Nintendo, who uh-huh. is very, very firm and sticking to their guns and digging their heels in the ground of like, this is what we do, and we're not going to change it. Uh, very, very exact, like, like 
Nintendo Wii, Nintendo Wii U, Nintendo Switch. Kyle's got Mario up on the screen from Super Mario Odyssey. Where do I? I didn't notice. Okay. Yeah, I do. Wow, that's weird. Now people never know. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I'm... I'll, I'll, I mean, I have, I'm not, I'm not like, like a million amiibos or anything, but I love Nintendo. Always have, um, despite their, you know, reluctance to be a, a more modern company. I just, there's just uh, the polish of the games, just like the fun of the games, just the overall quality of the games t- to me still makes them one of the top. I mean, it's like, you know, there, there's always a time that you just need to jump into some Nintendo game, jump into some Zelda, uh, go get a few mo- moons in Odyssey. Like it, for me, there's always a time for Nintendo. So I'm excited. Yeah, to I it. totally, I totally I'm agree excited. with that. Like I think Nintendo is just sort of operating on on their own level as far as uh, the IP that they have with Mario and uh, Metroid and uh, Zelda and all that. So. I think this year we're definitely going to see um, a big focus on the new Super Smash Brothers game coming out, uh, with hopefully a release date on that, or maybe the fall. That's what I'm, that's what I'm uh, guessing. And uh, and hopefully we'll see some some information on Metroid Prime Four, which I'm really looking forward to. And uh, and then also some rumors flying around about a Pokemon game coming out, sort of like a, a re reimagining of Red and Blue version for switch yeah that'd be pretty cool i I think they're again a company that definitely leads on their established franchise and ips a big time i mean they're system sellers obviously Um, you mean the ones that define video gaming as we know it maybe (laughs) a little bit yeah (laughs) a little bit (laughs) yeah but yeah i'm sorry keep going no, I mean, no, I mean it's <laughs> for good reason that they lead on these franchises, uh, and they and they do so well. Um, you talk about Metroid Prime Four. I think that's really, really big title for people that they want to see game play for. Honestly, a new Pokemon game on the Switch. People want to see gameplay for. Um, and I imagine they're going to continue to do a bunch of Wii U ports. The system didn't sell well at all. There's a lot of good games that came out for it though that people want to play um, the one i want to see the most and i would gobble up right away is uh, super mario maker i'd love to see that on the switch i think it actually fits mm. the system really well too um, in terms of being able like the portability being able to take it with you um, the one disadvantage of that game and it goes along with nintendo being who they are um, is to download like other people's levels you need to enter like equivalent to basically like a friend code um which is super yeah. annoying because they're super long like codes and strings of characters that you need to enter um, it's like why can't they figure out this online service like they announced their online service is coming up and the pricing's not terrible you can share it with a bunch of friends but you don't really get anything for it they give you like what 10 regular nintendo games or something yeah, like, these NES games, games are 30 years old at this point. Like, we've played them. Like, I had a computer capable of emulating these games back in 1996. Well, it's like, a good yeah. thing you didn't do that, though. I did not. <laughs> well, I owned the game, so I was oh, legally allowed uh, okay. to. Okay, right, right, right. One one interesting thing, though, about those NES games that they're going to come out with is uh, they're adding online functionality to a lot of those. Mm. So you could, you could effectively uh, co-op games like Zelda, which in that case is, is just like you 
pass the controls over to your friend remotely. Oh, that, other yeah. games like, like I, mean, I guess, I guess they have, like a soccer game too. Yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. But again, we go back like, oh, Nintendo's adding an online feature to a game. They're so good at online stuff. Like, can't see what, can't wait to see yeah. what they do. With this. <laughs> wouldn't Wouldn't you think like, if, you know, that if they either they or they don't realize that they're so far behind in this aspect but wouldn't wouldn't you think that they would you know being the storied company that they are like snipe someone from one of these other companies <laughs> pay them a lot of money to like be like the the online guru like yeah. like take them into the new cuz it can still be the magic of Nintendo but just a little more updated you know like and i really don't see why not would, yeah, yeah you know. totally a lot I think of the worst time, part go ahead go ahead Okay. No. Um, <laughs> so I think the worst part is just like the the chat on like the online chat um, functionality. Oh, yeah. Is you have to have a separate app on your phone. That's bad. That you have, to, to, put stay a, you have on. to put a separate dish in your yard. Yeah, you have um, to in- install yeah. a, a giant satellite dish just to make it work <laughs> <laughs> on top of your house, and it's just really ugly. It has a big N on it. It's like yeah, it's just a little inconvenient yeah. overall. That's but not happening, guys. It's also an amiibo reader, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a- airplanes drop a little amiibo down. and Yeah, yeah, th- yeah this, that isn't, part's this cool. isn't real. But we buy games a lot of the time based on like the ability to co-op those games. Like you look at, they just ported Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze to the Switch. Like that's a game we would love to play together online, but like, it's, harder, it's harder together, though. Much harder, yeah, oh, yeah. but <laughs> it has funky mode. Um, New funky mode, so it can't be that hard. But you like look at the games like that. It's like how did they not think of like putting that in there? Or like even if it wasn't there, it's not an easy experience to like jump into like a co-op experience. Like we played Mario Kart with like a bunch of us online, and even that was like kind of short. We had to do this. We had to do a call through Google Hangouts to chat with each other because it was way easier. Like it was the only way that we could think of doing it so yeah definitely i don't really see the little app they have like what's the benefit of that versus google hangouts there that's really what i isn't. mean like what's the point of I us mean, using that versus this i don't yeah, know i don't so. i don't see anything but yeah it's just funny how they're they're always like one step behind it, it seems like you know when everybody was using cd-roms they were still rocking the cartridges for n64 right and then even <laughs> even with gamecube they had like the mini discs not not the full-size cds so <laughs> They're always doing like their own thing, which is both respectable, but and also just kind of <laughs> makes you roll your eyes a little bit. But hey, yeah, that's why we yeah. love them. No matter what, though, they put out very good exclusive games. Um, they continue to churn them out. They have a lot of good ones lined up. I assume we'll hear way more on June twelfth. We're gonna see but, a lot, a lot of, of the the tennis aces, probably a lot more of that. That one like oh, comes yeah. out really soon. That I comes out I really. That, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think they that's pretty much announced about everything that. about that already. But I would love to just see virtual console. Please give me something like that. <laughs> it doesn't like there's so much, but like I like taking Super Nintendo games, taking Nintendo 64 games, like on an airplane or on like a train or bus with you. I think that's it's such a big opportunity that it's like they can't let that pass them by. Like the Switch has been out like a decent amount of time now. Um, well, do them. you think do you think it has anything to do with that? They're probably going to do an N64 classic. I mean, they probably will do that. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, don't I, know, they, I don't know if that ties in with their strategy right now with the retro games and making you buy a little, like, you know, console. I don't know. I, 
I don't know. I, 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 that could be some of their thinking. I think that's stupid, personally, because like, <laughs> those don't need to be like mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You yeah. can have both at the same time. Um, like Especially because yeah. one's portable. One, I mean, they're very small, but you like... I'm not taking like a TV with me on like an airplane or something. <laughs> a CRT TV. Yeah. Get that real experience with scan lines. It's a carry-on, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, dangerous weapon. Yeah, seriously. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they come out with. Um, but I would love to see some Pokémon gameplay sub an um, achievement someday. Ah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. like something like that. Like I love looking back on those timestamps of what I. I don't know. It just makes it feel like the game has a little more value, and it doesn't seem like it's that difficult to implement in the games. A a great a dream a dream would be um, a universal achievement system for all all consoles. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's that's. I sent you guys this article that was pretty interesting that. Uh, Minecraft on the Switch is going to have Xbox achievements. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that. So maybe they're like, we can't figure it out. What do you guys got? So, (laughs) What do you guys got? We'll uh, take that. (laughs) Which is interesting. So kind of like to recap all these conferences, and you kind of talk about the three main players in uh, the video game hardware, where you got Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. And it's really interesting how they're all like really good at like one particular thing like they all have like something like figured out you gotta Um, buy them all yeah basically like (laughs) microsoft definitely has like the xbox live services like definitely the best one like online service um, hardware they always do the best job of that and like services like outside of like them allowing like ea access on the xbox and them doing this game pass thing um and backwards compatibility very like consumer friendly things like that it's just they don't have the games they've never um, really done a good job of getting exclusive games this generation last last generation they did a pretty good job with the 360 but for them it's always though they've always been like the leaders in hardware in all three of their systems um you look at Sony with like their first party game, uh, not first part, party games necessarily, but their exclusive games and kind of them being able to tap into the Japanese market and bring over some of those type of games they wouldn't necessarily see and them giving free reign to their developers to kind of let them do what they want to do. Um, and you see them taking advantage of it, pumping out some really, really cool stuff and Sony taking advantage of these good games and jumping out to a massive lead and how many consoles they are selling. Um, and then, then you look at Nintendo and really just first party games, first party games, first party games and leading into those IPs they have. And then along with that, they're really good at innovation and doing things that no one else in the space is doing. You look at the Nintendo Wii, we talked about the motion controls and them really making that like really consumer friendly and like really popular for casuals and then being able to pick it up and then you look at the nintendo switch same thing they really took the handheld concept that's existed with phones and tablets but they made it a video game system and they brought some of their really really good first party games and put them on this extremely portable system and they made it work and people didn't expect it to sell as well as it did i think that's kind of nintendo in a nutshell and here they are there and all three systems are kind of thriving and doing well and it's a really big boom in the video game era it's kind of like a golden age you look at television right now you look at movies you look at video games entertainment as a whole is in a really 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 strong spot um almost too strong i hope 
it doesn't lead to another crash. I don't think it will. Um, but it's a really, really cool time in the video game industry. And I think we're going to see some really, really cool stuff announced at E3 this year. Shadows die twice. Oh, that's the one we didn't mention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but FromSoft's yeah. new game. Uh, hopefully we'll see something something about that as well. That's what I'm really looking forward to. That's my number one uh, thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even get... We talked about like all these people that are actually having press conferences intermixed in all these things and like Microsoft and Sony um, you'll see third party games that will go to all these systems um, and those yeah. are always exciting announcements because those aren't necessarily announcements that lead, lean on established IPs, those are often new ideas um, or things you didn't expect to see So it's going to be shout good out, shout yeah. out to E3, shout out to all these awesome developers that make these video games happen um, for allowing us to play them and for us allowing us to make a podcast about video games that Woo. hopefully people will listen to. Oh, they will. They are already listening I somehow. I don't. I don't know how they do it, but ten thousand viewers currently. That's pretty oh good. wow! <laughs> yeah, I, I just have a, like a little uh, post-it note from like a stickies from Mac, and it, and it says ten thousand viewers. Just keep myself motivated. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's how that's working so far. I, every now and then I change it to like ten thousand and three. You gotta yeah. keep scribbling out. Trendy. It's motivating. So. But anyway, <laughs> um, thanks for listening to our very first episode of the Cutscene Podcast. Hopefully, we'll be we'll be back soon. I assume we'll do one to recap E three in a couple weeks. Um, until then, guys, Cutscene out. <laughs>